Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Good morning. I thought you'd all gone. Um, the kiddies seemed a bit confused about what Christmas was all about. But we got there in the end, didn't we? And uh, I'm so glad um, that we got there in the end because uh, at least I can say that the title of my message this morning I think is relevant because they were a little bit confused. Um, There's lots of celebration happens on this special day and leading up to today. This is Christmas Day. And as the boys and girls have just said and reminded us, it's Jesus' birthday. This is the day we celebrate his birth, his gift, God's gift, that is, uh, his son, to this world, to us, to you and to me. But, you know, there's lots of things happen, all the activity, all the Brussels sprouts, all the Yorkshire puddings, all the trees, the millions of lights, all the wrapping paper, all the running about, all that activity. And yet, there is something I've heard said twice within the last two weeks, the same thing, and it's this. There's countless numbers of people who celebrate someone and they don't even know him. They don't even know who it is, really, who they celebrate. This morning I brought a a simple message. I just want to keep it simple this morning. And uh, the title of my message is this. God's gift, that is Jesus, to this world. God's gift worthless or priceless those two words are significant and important and they're the opposites two extremes worthless means of no use at all no importance no value good for nothing whereas priceless you just cannot put a price on its value the question i want to ask us this morning is god's gift that is jesus Is it worthless or is it priceless? Well, I want to tell you the scripture does tell us quite specifically that God knows how to give well. He knows how to give good gifts. In James 1.17 it says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. But this morning I raised this question simply because there are countless numbers of people who hear about Jesus, who know of his name, who know him historically perhaps, and yet they don't know him personally. And because to some, to many, maybe to you this morning, he's worthless But to many this morning, he is actually priceless. In John 1, verse 10 to 12, it says this. He came into the very world, that's Jesus, he created. But the world didn't recognize him. 
He came to his own people and even they rejected him. Some didn't recognize him when he came. Some even rejected Jesus. To these two categories of people, I want to suggest Jesus was worthless, of no value to them at all. Some couldn't even recognize who God had sent. Some looked at him, weighed him up, listened to him, examined him in a way, and rejected him. In their hearts, it was worth nothing to them. He wasn't relevant at all. I just want to quickly tell you that about a year ago, we, play, we were invited to a Christmas party, Christine and I, along with a number of others. And uh, we were told about a game before we got there that we were going to have to play. And this game was as follows. We were all asked, everyone invited, to purchase a gift up to a certain value. And uh, we were asked to join in this game, wrap the gift... And so we did. And when we got there, the game started. And the aim of the game was that all these gifts that everybody had bought had to be put on this table in, in, in the middle of the room. And uh, we were all given a number. We pulled it out of a hat and we were given a number. And that dictated the order in which you chose a gift from off the table. And whilst... You are looking at the gifts. You're looking at the shape. You're feeling at the weight. You're examining. You think, ooh, that could be an Audi A4. <laughs> no, it isn't. When you feel at the weight. So you looked and you weighed it all up. And then you were asked in, in order to go and choose a gift. And so everybody's picking them up, looking at them, smelling at them, and everything they could in order to make the right and best choice. And so you decided which gift, and you came away. And then everybody opened the gifts, and then you decided, <laughs> is it any good or not? <laughs> is it worth it? None of them were priceless, but was it useless? <laughs> That was the question. Then the game got interesting, more interesting. Because I can't remember how we did it, but what happened basically is that you could see everybody with their gift. And then there was opportunity when that arose for you in turn to look at somebody else's gift and think, hmm, this is what I've got, but look what he's got. <laughs> I'll have that. And so you could swap. Oh, that were great. If yours was useless, you could get rid of yours. But if yours was very good, you hope that nobody would steal yours off you or swap for theirs. That's how the game went. I've brought along the gift. Would you like to see the gift that I ended up with? Because at the end of the game, you took your gift home that you ended up with. It's wonderful. It's a deluxe loom bands kit. <laughs> 1,000 rubber bands, rainbow and neon. 
super fun, it says. Latex free. I thought, wow. And there's a bonus in the box. Six different charms. Suitable for ages eight plus. I thought, I'm in. Just what I've always wanted. To make hundreds and hundreds of bracelets out of different coloured elastic bands. So that's what I ended up with. I'm not going to say it's worthless. Because I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I've saved it so that if ever we're invited back... I'm going to put it back in. (laughs) So it's worth that to me. Are you getting the picture? Is Jesus worthless or is he priceless? Well, that game brought out a principle and an activity that we all engaged in, and that was evaluation. The principle of uh, trying to determine the value, the quality, the significance of something. But I lost. (laughs) And you know, when it comes to um, Jesus, I believe God's got it right. He knows that it's good, it's helpful. Evaluation, my point number one, is evaluation of the gift of Jesus helps. It really does. Just to take that little bit of time to think about who he is, why he came. Is he meaningful or is he meaningless? To do a kind of an evaluation, I believe that's why God's given us his word. He's given us all the information about who he is, who we is, what's happened to us, who Jesus is, why he came, etc., etc., in order to allow us to look at, to examine, to evaluate, and then to make the important decision, is he worthless or is he priceless? And the Bible says that by hearing the word of God, we give ourselves the opportunity to then decide how we're going to believe. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. I've not got long at all. And I'm going to have to skip some of this. But I just want to say very quickly, let's just look at two things to try and evaluate. Is Jesus worthless or is he priceless? Let's just look briefly at the birth of Jesus. In Luke 1, verse 26 to 35, I'm just going to read some simple verses. This tells us about the announcement of Jesus, his coming birth. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the, Mary, 
The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. I just want to quickly and briefly say, what a special announcement. An angel, Gabriel, announces to a favoured lady a special pregnancy of a, the birth of a special baby with a special name. The angel said, you shall call his name Jesus. I want to suggest to all our hearts today, this morning, Jesus is priceless. You cannot put a value on God's gift in sending his son into this world with a purpose. His name Jesus is a Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. And Joshua was a common name meaning the Lord saves. Just as Joshua had led Israel into the promised land, so Jesus had come to lead his people into eternal life. Secondly, I just want to quickly say, because time is absolutely flying by, is why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? And I know most of us here perhaps know the stories of why Jesus came. Even the boys and girls have referred to why he came. But it does us good sometimes to remember and I just want to share something very quickly. I'm going to have to miss some of this out. But basically, I want to tell us this morning, I want to remind our hearts this morning, the reason Jesus came, the reason God sent his son and Jesus came, because Jesus came looking for you and me. It's as simple as that. He came looking for you and for me. The Bible says this, that all we, every single one of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every single one of us, young and old, are just like that sheep that decided to go its own way. And the Bible says just like that, we did the same and went off in our sin, away from God. But this is what it says of Jesus. The Son of Man in Luke 19.10. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. I haven't time to even say the things I was going to say, but I want to remind you 
of some time when Jesus was on earth, he got into trouble with some religious people. In Luke 15, 1 to 24, the opening lines say this. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to to listen to Jesus to teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus was found with the sinners, talking to them, answering their questions, teaching them, telling them what they needed to hear, and even fellowshipping with them, eating with them. But he got into trouble with the religious people. What on earth are you doing? We can't go into them. But I want to remind our hearts, Jesus gave an important answer. He told three parables. One about the lost sheep. The man that went out looking for the one lost sheep, leaving the 99 to go looking for the one. About the lady with one lost coin. She had ten to start with, but lost one. And went carefully looking for with a lamp and a brush to brush all the dirt to one side, to earnestly and carefully, the Bible says, to look for that one lost coin. And then lastly, the parable of the lost son. And we know the story where the son went off and did his own thing and left his father. But his father never stopped thinking about him and looked earnestly for him to return. I want to say this morning very quickly and very simply that in each of those parables, in each one of them, if you look deeply and just let the truth sink into your heart, something very precious is lost. And I want to say this morning, I'm so glad, to me it's priceless that God regards me as precious even though I am a sinner. Secondly, in each of those stories, some action was taken to recover that which was lost. Some effort to recover that precious item that was lost. And I'm so glad to say this morning that to me, it's priceless that Jesus came looking for me. He came to give me the opportunity to be found, to be forgiven of my sin and washed and cleansed. And the both stories all end by saying there was great rejoicing when that which was lost was found. And each one, Jesus ended like this, in the same way when one sinner repents, There is great rejoicing in heaven. I want to suggest this morning that when you and me repent of our sin, when Jesus has come looking for us, when he's found us and said, I love you with all my heart and I've come and I've paid the price for you, I died for you, and you realize that for the first time. And you'll say, I'm sorry God, I want to accept the gift of new life in Jesus. That's when we're found. 
I'm so glad that in heaven there is great rejoicing when that takes place. That's priceless. You can't put a value on it. Point two, very quickly. Having examined the gift, having just looked at it oh so briefly, believing and accepting the gift makes the difference. I've got to be quick with this. I just want to tell you that I was born again at the age of 15. Let me remind you of the verse that we read earlier. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But, but, to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I had lots of cousins, aunties and uncles who all knew Jesus personally. All followed him, all were born again. And as I was growing up as a child, they often throughout the years would invite me to church to get to know Jesus. And I want to be honest, every time I regarded Jesus as worthless, I said no, absolutely no way. Me, go to church, how boring can that be? Jesus is no relevance at all to me. And in my heart, he was worthless. But I want to tell you, one day at the age of 15 and a half, they invited me again. Something happened in my heart. I went into that service and God began to speak to me about his love for me. He began to speak to me about why Jesus came and the fact that he died for me and that he wanted me to accept him as my saviour in a personal way. I want to quickly say, the following Sunday, I went to church knowing in my heart, I can see now, I can see that Jesus is the one I need above anything else in this world. There's nothing I need more than my sins forgiven. I need a saviour and I need Jesus. And that moment he became priceless to me. He's the only one that can offer me salvation. He's the only one that can forgive my sin. He's the only one that can make me a child of God. So he's priceless. Without him I've no hope. And so that following Sunday night the appeal went, the preacher preached, the appeal went... And I shot my hand up and I went out to the front and I knelt at the front. And with tears rolling down my cheeks, I invited Jesus into my life and asked him to forgive me. And I want to be honest this morning. The guilt for my sin vanished the very second I invited Jesus to be my saviour. So believing and accepting makes the difference. So Jesus became ever so real. Very quickly, finally, my point three is this. Discovering the priceless value of knowing Christ. For me, when I knelt at the front and asked him into my life, that was just the very beginning of a journey, of a new life with Jesus. I'm not telling you how old I am now, but that was when I was 15 and a half. So... It's possible to discover the priceless value of knowing Christ.
but it starts with believing and trusting in him. I want to say this. Jesus said this, when someone gets to know him, when someone makes that decision to believe and accept him and what he's done for them, when they see him, there is their only hope. When they accept him, Jesus gave two short parables. I'm going to read them to you. This is what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the second parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. That's it in a nutshell. When you realize who Jesus is and what he's done for you in dying and paying the price for my sin. I'll tell you what, friends, I can't really take it in. Can you? Can you? Jesus is priceless. I'm coming to a close. There was a man, Apostle Paul, he was called Saul, but became Paul. And he was an example of how religious a person can be, trying your hardest to please God. Maybe that's you this morning. And you find you cannot get that peace with God being right with him. I just want to read something to you and then make a closing statement. Listen to what this man says about himself and about the fact that he's discovered that in actual fact he's not trying to be good. It's not trying to please God. There is absolutely, Paul says, absolutely no other way to please God than to accept his wonderful gift of salvation through his gift, his son Jesus. He believed, and this is what he said, we rely in Philippians 3, we rely on what Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault, he said. And this is what he says, I once thought that these things were valuable. But now, listen to this, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, 
Everything, he says, is worthless when compared with the infinite, that is the unlimited, the unmeasurable value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded, that means I've got rid of it, everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer counter my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I come to a close with this. Paul used some strong language, actually, in those verses. Where it says he counts everything as garbage, all his own good works, compared with Jesus and his price he paid. In actual fact, the original word used there doesn't just mean garbage, it means dung. Or the original Greek word is excrement. Now you're thinking, what on earth is he saying that for? It's Christmas Day. And I really nearly felt like missing that word out. But I've really felt strongly that God wanted me to bring this to our hearts this morning. So Paul's saying, compared with Jesus and salvation and forgiveness through him, Everything else in this world, everything else I could ever think of doing to please God is just like dung. In short, his terminology is not vulgar, but it's extremely strong. But in short, Paul is describing his great and noteworthy human achievements of the past using the worst word picture he could share with his audience. All that mattered to Paul was Christ. Everything else was not merely less valuable. For him, it was utter garbage. I'll finish with this. Some years ago, we were on holiday. And one day I discovered on this caravan, in this caravan, that my wallet was lost. And we searched high and low in that caravan to no avail. We couldn't find the wallet. And being valuable to me, we searched again. And we just couldn't find it until one day we said, I better know where it is. It's in the garbage bin. We've got to have thrown it away with the rubbish. We've looked everywhere else. So everybody left me because it was my wallet (laughs) you know what I'm going to say don't you and I took a deep breath I had no gloves but I went to the large bin and step by step I had to lift all the garbage out all the bags undo them all and go through every single piece of garbage Whatever it looked like, whatever it felt like, I had to handle it to try and find my wallet. And I got to the last bag and the last bit of rubbish and still no wallet. 
Friends, I want to tell you this morning that that's a a little picture. If you've accepted Jesus as your saviour, you've got the priceless gift of salvation through the priceless gift of God's son. You should be thanking God this morning, this Christmas day, that you are no longer living in and handling the rubbish, the dung of the past. But if you are someone here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you are just hearing for the first time perhaps that God loves you enough to send this gift so that you could receive salvation through him. I want to tell you, whatever garbage, whatever rubbish you are handling right now, there's no need to handle it any longer. You can accept Jesus who becomes that priceless gift. I finish with this ver- these two verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. God bless you. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.